Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Let's Drone Out. Today's Thursday. As usual, we are live on YouTube. And tonight we are joined by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Hello. Uh, the man with the moustache, Stephen. Hello, good evening. With a new screen, so he's even more lit up than usual. <laughs> yeah. Look at my lovely shiny head. And I am the typical Brighton to Life fly. Hello, Tailspin. Hello, Lurgy. Hello, Martian McFly. Hello, Richard Warwick and Numskull. Thank you, the the lovely people that showed up. Oh, and Clive. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? Um. So, uh, uh, something that I was not expecting to ever talk about, ever, the Inspire 3 came out. I, I saw that the video was on my list, but I haven't watched it. It looked a lot like the original Inspire the Inspire 2. Does it do anything different? Have you watched the videos? I haven't watched the videos, but I I looked up what they can do, and it's got some really crazy sort of obstacle, like, you know, follow avoidance plot. So you can set up a ridiculous route and just worry about getting the shot and operating the gimbal and uh does look very impressive nice how much is it so, I, uh, I don't know you tell me uh in spy i just didn't think like it's it's probably uh, more than a, a couple of grand i would guess uh i just wasn't expecting it really like because you know i was just like okay holy crap audio gex written 12k caroline's written more than fifteen thousand dollars is that real that's quite pricey it's nice that they've 12k in euros yeesh <laughs> when you buy enough bits to make it work, does that mean that Reserve. it doesn't necessarily come with it? Oh, Jesus Christ, it's 13 grand. Oh my God. <laughs> 13 grand. This is like if Team Full Black frame. Like, yeah. We need, we need Cole on here because Cole would, like, you know, be down for this. The, the thing is with DJI, everyone knows they do nice cinematography drones but i've seen like really impressive stuff from like the mini 3 which is about 500 quid it's interesting though if this does things 26 times better i'm sure yeah. from a commercial videographer's point of view and stuff maybe it does but it seems a lot more like a lot lot more it's like with hi-fi kit and stuff right that there's a difference between spending maybe 100 quid and a thousand pounds but the difference between spending like a grand and 10 grand, you really have to squint to see the difference. Mm. It becomes less and less. Because it's still not, I'm suggesting, I don't know if this is true, but when you're looking at the people doing the commercial stuff for movies. Yeah, you still haven't got a proper camera. Have yeah, you? they, they are carrying the red, epics, red epics, aren't they? Which is incredibly mm. expensive things on great big options. And it's got a proper lens. And this, is, Whereas this is, doesn't come up to that sort of stuff, does it, mm. generally? No. I mean, it, I'm sure it's great for just, you know, get some footage, put it in most stuff, but you're not going to be 
filming proper cinema content because you're not going to be able to get a proper lens on it. And your director of photography is going to have an opinion about what lenses you should use. Well, Caroline is saying seem cheap, isn't it? 13 and a half grand does not include a camera. Cole is in the chat. Cole, why mm. aren't you on the on the show? Says, Cole, tell us about this whole camera business. It's a 8K sensor, so it's a game changer. Please, can we have you on just on your phone? Mm. It would be amazing. What's the difference between this and just getting like a Cinelifter and putting a really expensive camera on it? What's the difference? You have to know vaguely what you do. Apart from the gimbal. Say you have a Cinelifter with a gimbal. That's that that point tracking, waypoint, pro-repeatable routes. All right. So it's like having an automated... um, dolly where you can tell it to to run the same route again and again so if you screw up the take you don't have to tell the pilot to fly exactly that you can literally just press a button and it flies the same route thank god they're a chinese company or if you're doing special effects shots i guess right because you'd have a shot where it's just the background and you could have a shot where the actors are in it and you swap between the two to make people appear or disappear from shot. I mean, the thing is, all that, that, magic. Ha- that has to be exact. When they're done, they're done with the great big robots that are ultimately mm. perfectly reducible yeah. on like a millimetre set sort of scale. This is not going to be quite that. But for oh, 13 okay. grand, I'm thinking like, I want to be able to hold onto it and tap in a waypoint and it take me there. That would, that would seem more reasonable. But this is for thirteen grand. I, I really would probably want to be able to stay at home and let that do the day's work out in the crappy conditions instead of me having to go there. It's a it's a lot of money, isn't it? I guess people in camera world spend that amount on cameras and it, lenses, it, don't they? It's it always nuts. interesting when I see this because they talk about how this can be a two person camera. One person control the drone. One person control the gimbal to get the shot. But it strikes me like, why aren't you putting? Two cameras and a on. third person to actually control the camera, right? Yes, so you put one exactly. one guy needs to see where the drone's going, one guy needs to steer the gimbal about, and one guy can act as focus puller or, or whatever. But I don't think um, they, they've got a dual camera system, you have to sort that out yourself. I mean, that you- last shot where someone's indoors and they're jumping over tables, why are you filming that with a quad? Like it's two foot off the ground. You'd only do it if you then had this dynamic shot where you come outside and, and pull out, for example. Yeah. You could just stitch it, though. I don't know. Hello, yeah. Carl. Hello, guys. Can you hear me? Hey. Oh, he's here. We can. Yeah. Well, very well. Thanks, yeah. Cole. Sorry, I, uh, sorry I'm not So, Cole, full... as the resident camera nerd, we're relying on you to tell us why on earth people are spending stupid money on this, what looks to us the naive clueless people like an incremental upgrade i want to kill it with fire i'm scared okay so well here let's let's start off here with uh because i i I heard you saying something about um why would you get this over say a a cine lifter and and toss a red on or something like that right yeah Yeah, so you've got a cine lifter with a gimbal that not just a bare cine lifter so cine lifter is gonna be what about maybe eight to ten grand guessing or maybe maybe two five grand. To 10 grand you could okay, build a grand. center lifter for I two think, grand i think eight yeah. to ten seems seems a lot eight to ten you'd have like the lamborghini of center lifters okay okay so so let's say 2k for just the center lifter probably another thousand or two for the gimbal yeah uh if, if you want to put a an actual cinema camera on not just the little red uh square small one you're looking at about minimum 50k like the and then to get a, a proper, uh, you know, Zeiss or Ultra Prime lens to go on there, you're looking at another, you know, twenty to a hundred k just for lens. Um, so, <laughs> but is this? A, it's a huge. Are you uh, saying that the cost of the drone doesn't matter when you're spending over twenty thousand dollars on a lens? Who gives a crap? And at least oh, you've got a name brand, so everyone well, just writes it off. The other thing too um, is that so. In order to get like, like the one big thing is the the sensor size because uh, typically I'm not sure what's in the past inspires but I don't really know of any sort of ready to go drones that have ever had a full frame sensor. Uh, full frame is like huge. It's super. Th- or, sorry, it's it's 35 millimeter sensor compared to like APS-C or Super 35, which is typically in a lot of those red uh, cameras. Mm-hmm. So bigger the sensor, more light comes in. 
um, or well, potentially more light. You just have a bigger, you know, uh, bigger photo. Um, I forget the specific term, but basically, you know, you, you can you can collect a lot more light with a full frame sensor, so you're going to get a lot better low light performance. Um, plus, it's also 8K and it can do up to 75 FPS, I guess. So, 8K is is crazy. Uh, you know, high frame rate. So if, if you go lower frame rate than 8K, or sorry, if you go lower resolution than 8K, you're probably going to get 120 uh, frames per second or more. Um, and I think the other thing too is, well, I guess depends if you're comparing it to a city lifter. I mean, they're all going to do ProRes RAW and stuff, which I'm thinking this one can probably do as well. Um, but I don't know. I mean, for the price, it is it is pretty good. I mean... You could get a red. You could get a um, a gimbal. Slap it on a cine lifter, you know, with a decent lens, and you'd still probably be within the same ballpark. But this is a lot easier to use. This is just press a mm-hmm. button, ready to go. Um, so is this what we used to talk about in IT as build versus buy? Where if if you build it, sure you save money, but then you're responsible for fixing it and tuning it and figuring out support. Whereas if you buy it, some it's someone else's problem if it breaks and it just works from day one. You don't have to, you know, disappear into a shed for two months before you have something that's working. Well, I personally think that in order to get high frame rate, 8K full frame, it's going to be way more expensive than than buying this. Um, like to get to get a red camera or another cinema level camera that can shoot in high frame rates in 8K at full frame, it, it's you know. Is this really cinema ready though? Because yeah, I, I, I guess I've always thought that DJI camera kit was was fairly kind of pro, maybe pro Schumer. Really, that, is that going to fit into a cinema workflow? That that was my. I mean, that was that was my point of view. Is this does this compare to cinema? And my other sort of point of view was, if you're filming like a movie, don't you already have something like a red? that you can just say, oh, right. we'll film this on a tripod today and tomorrow we'll stick it on the drone and that can do some shots and then we'll come back and do the other thing. But it, it depends. If, if this stacks up to the, the cinema-ready stuff, then I guess it's a different prospect. What do you think, Carl? Well, uh, like I don't know quite enough about this. I haven't done my full research on it yet. But, I mean, based on the little bit of stuff I can see, I mean, it's got – like I, I keep, I keep kind of repeating myself about the full frame sensor. Like that's, that's kind of uh, a big deal. And the fact that it also has dual native ISO means, you know, it, it has really, really clean high ISO levels. Um, Can you I mean, swap your awesome lens collection onto it, or are you stuck with the lens that DJI gives you here? So it looks like here it does have a um, swappable lens on it there, so or swappable uh, lens mount. So it's this new like DL mount or something by DJI. Um, they've got a couple different lenses, and I'm sure there's going to be adapters where you could put any kind of lens on mm. there. Um, which most, you know, pretty much every mount has someone in China makes a, an adapter for relatively, you know, uh, affordable. Um, you can put Canon, Sony, Zeiss, any sort of PL mount uh, cinema stuff. But I think the big thing, though, is it, it really does seem yeah, like it look. is already. It, it does do all the, the cinema DMG the and ProRes raw codecs and stuff. Yeah, and, and So it's an 18mm, 24mm, 35mm, and 50mm. Yep. So, yeah, so it's it's fully you know set up and ready to go. Um, like... I would say like inspires in the past have still definitely been used a lot on film sets. Like it's, uh, you know, it hasn't been um, only reds. I mean, they do use reds and, and it depends on the, on the, um, the director and what they want to use on sets and whatnot. But um, I mean, man, like, like Curry was saying, I mean, even, uh, even the mini three at 500 bucks, like, you'd be pretty hard pressed if you did a blind test to somebody and uh you know you had say the top end red camera on a crazy cine lifter and you get a dji mini 3 you know in in very very most situations no one's gonna be able to tell the difference especially with a wide angle lens i, I see all these guys in the fpv community they're like oh yeah i'm building out my my cine rig and my cine lifter and 
oh yeah, it's so epic and look how massive it is. Da, 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 and they're stopping on a red and whatever. Well, they're stopping on the widest lens that you can. Um, and there's not a, like to the naked eye and to the untrained eye, no one's going to be able to tell the difference between that and a freaking GoPro 11. Like, unless you're flying in, you know, really testy situations like lower light or, you know, super contrasty sort of scenarios. But, you know, like, I think the right tool or the, the right tool in the right hand can produce results that are like, you know, something cheap you can make look top quality. It just, it's about the right person with the right tool. Right. So, um, yeah. So it's also, does it fit into the workflow? If you've got certain formats that people expect the camera to deliver, can it just drop into that workflow and start kicking out whatever formats they want? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about like the whole movie world and the cinema world, I mean, obviously they're using like, you know, Ari Alexas and, and, you know, the, the, the big, like, you know, the, the, the kind of cameras that, you know, the average Joe are never going to get their hands on, let alone see in real life. So, um, in the, in the top world, I would say, yeah, they probably are still going to use cine lifters, but in the, you know, maybe medium or lower budget cinema stuff, these things would be amazing. And I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, if Hollywood was using these DJI Inspire theories. Will they be able to in future? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, depends on uh, politics, I guess. Or um, I know that within America recently or over the last little while, um, I think it was like American government, nobody in the American government can use any Chinese manufactured drones for mm, any, right. um, you know. And they were talking about making it broader as well. So yeah, south of the border, people might have trouble actually using this equipment now. Yeah. I guess it depends, though, because, like, what isn't made in China? What what major camera or sensor or, uh, you know, like, it's going to be pretty tough. There's some North American manufacturers well, yeah. or... You could be sourcing the components and ODMing them or OEMing them to American vendors who, who then brand it as an American product and, you know, sell it as a United States compatible thing. And that kind of yeah. plays into the hand of little boutique vendors building cine lifters, which is nice because everyone loves to see little boutique shops doing well and innovate. But at the same yeah. time, this is clearly a juggernaut and people would, would want to just pay the money and have a big company support it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like DJI is, is undisputedly the, you know, the king, the king of GPS drones, right? Like, um, it's gonna. I don't really see there being a ton of competition for this Inspire Three unless you go into that custom build FPV world, right? So cine lifters and whatnot. So it's. Uh, I think it's this DJ Inspire Three will be the crown king for ages because the Inspire Two was the original Inspire was. I mean, it's like the flagship. It's like. DJI puts out these crazy, crazy tech, uh, high, high tech drones that no one else is really putting out now with these full frame sensors and dual native ISOs and high resolution, high frame rates. I mean, it's, yeah, this is going to blow, blow up the, this is going to blow a lot of people's minds, I think, but eh, we'll see. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear that maybe it is a little bit revolutionary and it's not just another sort of speeds and feeds update with a slightly nicer components than last time so interesting take thanks yeah 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 no that's that's a that's a good point because a lot of companies do that they'll they'll almost do their like um yeah there's like it? a 2023 model and it's like 10 percent faster than the 2022 in specific circumstances and it's got two and a half minutes extra battery life or something you know yeah it's, it's just such minimal upgrades we're like oh then it's all marketing right so but no i, I yeah. think that this is um I'm just trying to see what the uh, the specs on for the the Inspire Two, but there's no way that it can. Um, there's no way it's even near that. I think I think the last one was Micro Four Third size sensor, um, which is considerably smaller than a full frame. Um, let's see, sensor. Out of interest, how much is the battery for one of these new ones? If you want to buy a couple of spares, 
<laughs> I'm mm-hmm. guessing like 500 bucks. Anybody got the wow. figure up on the screen? Um, my guess is like 500 to a thousand. Well, they come. Wow. They come with six. Wow. Oh, that's nice. Look, see, TB fifty one intelligent battery times six. Does that but you need to I put the six in to make used, it fly? Well, I think you use two at a time. Mm. So I think. Well, apparently think, the just the propeller guards are like three hundred and fifty US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. It's saying TB fifty one intelligent battery. 350 how could how are the wow. prop cards the same price as the battery that doesn't well DGI, i'm also not right. yeah but i'm not on a real website i'm just like i don't know if this is i would love to it. get that kind of money and someone say go build a quad for that you know just to source the components and build something that's an absolute beast monster well imagine this too to get the charging hub is $900. Wow. <laughs> That's more expensive well, you can see, than my Tesla charger. You can see yeah. how people start their own companies. If this kind of money's on the table, it kind of explains how there are all these little production companies that build gigantic quads and put serious cinema cameras on them and, and fly them around themselves. Because if you're looking at spending $15,000 for this, and you probably need a couple of them, and then the batteries are going to bankrupt you after that. You kind of get to a point pretty quickly where a team of two or three people could say, "Well, we'll go and build something that does everything this does, and we'll pocket the money and we'll maintain it ourselves because we've got the know-how and and we'll pay you know two hundred bucks for our batteries instead of five hundred bucks, and everyone's happy." Three hundred nine. See, this is the only thing, though. So. If a production company, well, here's here's the other thing. That's only a four amp hour battery. Yeah. Oh my word. What I was gonna say though, I I don't think production companies are even buying these drones. They're like, well, okay, sorry, like a full out production company. No, they're gonna outsource some drone guys who have Mm. to own these drones, right? Like, and and the other thing too is, well, well, let's just say even if it is a production company buying them, if a production company is you know actually a successful production company uh 20 40 50 thousand dollars is not is nothing yeah so but if you're outsourcing to someone then the person coming to tender for it is going to have to factor in the cost of their kit so it's going to be it's going to be an uncomfortable sum to have to to fit into your budget when you could be tendering against someone who's just gone and built their own like 12 inch prop cine lifter and is trucking around a giant cinema camera on that and has the 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 money to bid lower than you can because you've had to put the money on dgi kit by the way it's it's, it's an interesting argument for sure yeah the uh dc um tb51 how much is the kettle to go with that is <laughs> 19 pounds. Pretty sure you can yeah, get a four, right. 499 that's, that's pound kettle from Argos and just take the lead off that one. <laughs> and I, I, um, I, should, I should sell a few of these to some DJI people. You know, this one's actually new and I, I think it's bespoke. It's got better electron flow than most of the other leads. The charging yeah, hub, 709 pounds. <laughs> Anyone's got a DJI kit, I'll, I'll do this for 15 quid and yes. save a couple of quid. You know what, though? I, I bet you it's a lot easier to get insurance for a drone for like DJI's than it is to get... You guy shows up with a city lifter and a... And a, and a but it's the same thing, bones. right? So you have to buy insurance if, if you are providing services to someone else. So you have insurance and the person who's paying you to turn up is like, show me your paperwork and that's it, right? Well, they typically have to have their own insurance too. So it's almost like a... There's a... Like a double-edged side to it but yeah yeah i mean either way i mean someone's gonna have to get covered but i i think for a lot of like i don't know i mean it's I mean, you can still be an right? idiot it's not whether the drone fails it's typically whether the operator is an idiot or not and whether they yeah. fly inside of a bus full of school children or whether they don't because they're paying attention well i, I guess i remember going back to like uh seeing what like what uh 
uh, Vanover was doing, right, with uh, with Michael Bay and doing all that crazy stuff with the FPV drones. And I just, I'm just curious. Is like, then again, are like, how much more do they actually need? Like all these new specs and all these new amazing tech, mm. like you know, advances in technology, full frame and the 8K and yada yada. It's like. Man, movies have been looking Just good. Just hire Vanover and get him to like yeet a GoPro under a flying police car, and it's done. Yeah, or like, I mean, think about this. I mean, drone shots have been looking good in film for the past ten plus years. Like, you know, what what more do we need? <laughs> like, I guess if you're trying to track, say, you want to track some migrating herd of rare beasties, and you yes. want to be able to fly for like eight k and yeah. be at like 200 meters high so you don't Stay disturb away. them and then yeah. put a giant yeah. zoom on it and zoom right down so you can see them taking a crap, whatever <laughs> it is you want to film, right? That That's when yeah. you want something like this with a fantastic camera. It's going to be able to stay in the air for absolutely ages. It's going to have a massive lens and you can get really, really great footage of things a long way away. Whereas a yeah. freestyle drone is great if you're in someone's face or practically in their face. You're going to be able to use that GoPro and get away with it. But... You're not going to be able to do that if you're a couple of hundred meters in the air. Yeah, that's true. Um, so actually, oddly enough, uh, this, I don't know if you guys uh, clued into this or not yet, but this drone actually has an FPV built into it. I'm not sure if you, if you caught that. Oh, I missed on, the top of the, on the top of the drone, yeah, I missed it too. I'm just looking at more pictures of it. Um, I don't know if it's I, maybe I guess maybe there's like multiple because it's multiple operators, right? So maybe FPV is the guy flying. Do you have it. a pilot cam and then you have a full recording cam? Oh, that's good. Yeah, good. and you know what? It looks like the O3 uh, camera just on the top of it. Ah, cool. This is good. This is something but, we were talking about that which they hadn't put in before. Well, they always talked yeah. about having multiple operators, but if one guy's flying yeah. and his primary camera is being controlled by somebody else, it makes it a bit tricky. But if you've yes. got an actual FPV cam, better. Well, it, it makes way more sense because the uh, the guy with the FPV he can he can zoom around and or sorry not zoom around but he he can he can whip around and fly as he needs to. But then the actual camera operator can you know turn the camera around three sixty, pan it, tilt it, you know look wherever they want. And I guess they just have to uh, correlate with each other. Uh, hey. Go this way. Okay, cool. Now go this way or whatever. But yeah, the yeah, the camera looks identical. Like it, it, it's it's got to be the O3 system built in. I mean, if, if you can find a picture of the front of it, uh, I'm not sure who's uh, scrolling, but yeah, the, uh, there it is, right there. Uh, scroll down, uh, right there. That's the FPV camera, right there. Low light. Yeah, low light camera. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so the pre-order goes for 15 and then you're looking at I don't know it can each lens Sorry up the top there did you have to buy some sort of license to get a raw it's Yeah probably, uh, just 900 pounds It's easily going to go 900 for 20, 20k quid. or 30k It's like buying Cisco Yeah no, that's that's super that's super standard. Like a lot of these, like a lot of the cinema cameras have that stuff too. Where, yeah, it's yeah. like you get the camera, Touch but no, well, no, that that's actually a thing. Is like you actually have to have the license that's for insane. those codecs. That is just like it's not just absolutely a, here you go. Stupid. It's like you have to pay the licensing fee for that codec, and and that's across like all ca- all cinema cameras. Yeah, I remember. I, I was watching this video of a guy who basically found a bunch of, well, he, he sourced a bunch of broken Ari Alexas, um, and he was basically putting them all together. And one of them happened to have the raw uh, license built into it. So he's like, oh, I'm going to take that module from that one since I want the raw codec. And I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's it's pretty nuts. And and the, the thing is, that's crazy too, is you guys are looking at the numbers in pounds, whereas like when oh, that gets yeah. converted to American or Canadian, the number is like double the, you know, or not double, but you know, it gets up there. So like a, like a bad digestive upset. This topic has reoccurred once more. Here we are. Oh, the toroidal Look. props. The toroidal prop. Yeah. Yeah. You got to push them back over the spoon. 
Hemorrhoidal? Are those um, hemorrhoidal? Yeah, the Foxeer have actually injection molded, which some people were saying was <laughs> not possible, some toroidal props. So you've got a figure eight prop with both the leading edge of the figure eight and the trailing edge angle to provide lift. And this is supposed to somehow eliminate some of the inefficiencies from classic propellers. Um, results were really mixed earlier because people were kicking these out on their 3D printers and then comparing them to injection molded polycarbonate props that had a completely different manufacturing process, different materials, different surface, like that. 3D printing, even with a really good printer, you're always going to have ridges on the surface, whereas an injection-molded item like this is essentially glass-smooth on the surface. So will be interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, that is uh, that, that topic is uh, it, it's pretty cool. It, it's interesting to see because it's an, it's, it's an MIT uh, thing, right? Like MIT supposedly came up with these, and yeah, it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it really captured everyone's imagination. It was interesting that because yeah, M- MIT came up with them, and th- th- but there's very little information on exactly what MIT <laughs> expects is going to happen to them. It's just like oh, MIT did it. Well, it must be amazing, okay. and um, it's going to be interesting. It feels like everyone's going their own way now, and we might see a few generations of these where people try and replicate the magic that people think were happening well in then the next thing you know papers. the dji inspire 4 is going to come with hemorrhoid props and it's going to be great <laughs> wonderful steven I, i've just that. remembered something which you mentioned about not if you wanted to do an indoor shot then why would you use a drone and eight years ago do you remember the ok ah, go yep. video uh won't let me down they had this really interesting video where they did it all in one take on, I think it was probably an S1000 or S800 oh, the big way back. Boys, eh? like the Matrice era. And they, they yeah, and they, they had the thing where they, they pulled out, so they had all these, all these guys on these little Honda one wheels doing stuff. But they started out inside, but rather than fly the drone, and you can yep. see this in the shadow, yep. they had it on a trolley and they pulled the trolley backwards. And then once they got and then out they of the inside, then they lifted off, and the, the guys with the trolley ran away. Before you oh, could see oh yeah, yeah, you see that a lot. Where when they, it's really hard to pull off those. One, they call it a one or but it's hard. It's, it's hard to pull off those one takes where, like, yeah, you're, you're inside to outside, and what? The, yeah, that, that's exactly what they do. They mm-hmm. like they'll physically hold the drone, and then you know get to a window, get to whatever, and then you know take off and. That seems like it would be pretty sketchy. Like, I would not want to be the guy holding on to that quad. What? This when drone will change everything. Drop. Yeah, because you're not going to have, like, any hands left after you <laughs> around that. That looks deadly. It's like a wishbone sort of set up with two monoprops at a very odd angle. Yeah, you'd that have was... to have uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone like Jack to do it with those... Like, you know, a red camera on an on a S1 or whatever. It's like... So these were the so ones featured in that Mark Rober video, weren't yeah. they, about the um, the drone delivery stuff? Yeah, yeah, and it's super. It, it is actually super quiet. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we haven't got any of this. Oh, that was so oh, cool! Um, that was so cool. The slingshot yeah. and then like the retrieval. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool, but it, it just those guys on. it's brilliant for. A developing country, and I think Exit did a but you just couldn't do yeah. it in over here or in the no, US. No, no. There's so much nimbyism; it's just impossible, right? Well, and that was what that was like somewhere in Africa where they had to deliver like um, hospital medications blood. and whatnot, right? Oh yeah, blood, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Cool though. Yeah, good implementation of RC stuff, or I guess it's all autonomous, but. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. So what have you guys been up to? Any flying this week? It's been pretty yes. windy, but you got out there? I, I went flying with the Pixel OSD build ah. and whizzed it around a bit and was actually able to see the OSD. Nothing broke. 
Nice. So hey. there's that. Do you have any footage? I mean, it's unremarkable. It's an OSD with a slightly different font. It doesn't. It's not groundbreaking because it's just rendering the same character set that Betaflight uses. It's not a complete OSD overhaul. So unless you've got the horizon lines on, I think the horizon lines are rendered pixel by pixel, but otherwise you're just looking at something that is essentially a replica of the Betaflight OSD, you, but it works. Can you do a more accurate joystick overlay? So representing your joysticks, but much more accurately so you can see. How- Probably, but you just do that with an overlay in the the final footage, wouldn't you? So it would be all high res and stuff. Yeah, you could do, or you could just take it off the OSD in case you forget. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it flew really nicely. It flew much better than the F3 that was on there beforehand. I had some random F3 clone from Full Speed RC and uh, put this 20 mil um, H7RF on there and it flew absolutely beautifully. So there's that. But it's really just trying to find people inside of Beta Flight who want to support it going forward because it's a bit of extra complexity. And unfortunately, the world has sort of moved on from where we were in, you know, 2019 or even 2020. And um, yeah, everyone's kind of fallen towards digital and it's become the accepted way of, of running your fancy OSD. You're going to do it with on the goggle side, they're going to be able to render whatever you want and you can feed them colored things and images. And yeah, I feel like unfortunately maybe we missed a window on that, but it looks cool and it flies very well. I think there'll always be a, a, a place for analog though. It just depends if, if, if the rather mm. fancier. And it's nice because I think, the, the strength here is that you're not taking the board space for this giant OSD chip, whereas right now all of the boards have to make space and have to budget financially for this big Max 7456 chip, which is physically pretty chunky. Like it, It's bigger than some of the MCUs. Um, it's not a very you know, high-density chip. And if you're flying digital, you're just looking at it and thinking, oh, why am I paying for that? And why is it taking up all this board space that could have like a better gyro implementation? And and I think Dominic's approach there allows you to still get the analog OSD without committing so much real estate and so much bill of materials budget to it. So that's that. But other people are talking about maybe we put the OSD rendering on the VTX or maybe the OSD rendering goes in a camera. So I think... Analog is going to be around and it's going to move on. And one way or another, people are going to find a way to avoid using the OSD chip. There's really just a question of, do you do it in a fancy way like Dom has on the flight controller? Does it happen in a VTX? Maybe you've got an MSP linked to the VTX already, like OpenVTX can do. Um, Or maybe you go and do it as an enhanced version of the overlay that's already on analog cameras. And instead of it being via the camera control board doing the overlay, you're actually driving that overlay via MSP and into the camera. So there's a few options. Time will tell, I guess. I, I, um, I did go out to fly, but then got sort of cut short. I went on a little mini trip to Summer's Pond where me, Tony and Frank met up. And we also, uh, hang on. Did you get in the air? No, I had to. I had to disappear back because I had other commitments. But we did think of you, Curry. Oh, okay. That's nice. Well done. That's that's not so bad. It's not as bad as biting out the middle. So I'm only slightly offended. <laughs> You're I've, just getting more and more used to it. <laughs> I might. I might try and visit Jack again. I've kind of learnt from going to fly with Jack that. Probably what you want to do with Jack is arrive with some batteries, an aircraft of your own, everything ready to charge. Or put your goggles on his head, give him your radio, and go, Jack. Now you're flying, and I'm not in any way let Jack like try and repair his quad or reconfigure it at the field. Just like get him in the air. Yeah, I know. I've just been like, well, Cole's, Cole's got uh, his ultras up and running. Well, way ultra up and running, but he's still in the middle of moving out. Yep, I'm not going to get a chance to fly or have anywhere decent to fly until I think 
uh, mid next week when I'm no longer in downtown Toronto. But I'm very looking forward to uh, to maidening my my Apex with Kiss Ultra V2. It's uh, it's all set up. It's like my cleanest build I've ever had. I finally have uh, four in one. I think I, I showed you guys a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, yeah, I uh, I can't wait to fly. I, ha I actually haven't flown once since I was in Taiwan, which was I got back in January. So it's I'm. I'm. I've got the itch now. It's now it's been this nice weather. It's actually 29 degrees today here in Toronto, and it's insane. It's it's too hot actually, and my AC in my building doesn't work. So that's great. yeah. I've been soldering yeah. uh, Tony's crap together. Look yeah. at the size of it. It's an ESC. Uh, yeah, APC ESC. Here is a mini camera for comparison. Is massive. You see, mode next to the. the I can see it. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, the better comparison is the motor. Is the is the X class motor compared to a regular motor? Oh yeah. my word! So th Versus this is a motor. Is that painted this or is that is a polycarbonate motor. frame instead of a? No, I don't know what fiber. it is. It's some sort of plastic, but it's pretty much. Aluminium. Was, that was the thing Aluminium Martin was sort of looking at when we, we polycarbonate, right? X class no. and wing racing at Popham. I thought he was ranting about polycarbonate last time, wasn't that? No, kept going on about what... polycarbonate frames. Well, no, it might be. I don't know, but I don't know. Uh, Dominic Clifton lovingly sent over some SPF three, so Tony can run Alders. Crap, beat a flight. Um, my only objection is, uh, Dom, there was no cable harnesses with it. So, uh, yeah, let us know if uh, if and where to get them from. Because, uh, yeah, I've got I've got boards, but no way of. I suppose you can solder to the bottom, but we did have a few breakout pads, but. Find a way to get to UR two or three or whatever. Figure something out. Um, one guy run an Ultra two on four of those ESCs twelve S. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. W yeah, I should have really asked Tony to. Maybe put Ultra on it. Maybe maybe that's something we can have a word with you. Yeah. yeah run it. Let's see why not. Ultra X class, that'd be crazy. Yeah, you know, but I think I think Tony's on a bit of a budget, so you know. Yeah, I'm I'm building an X class, but I'm on a budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like Everything you do for it costs so much more. You know, it's like, you know, it's just like the sheer like cable you need. You know, like to you're running like, um, you know, you're running like cable over like quite long distances as well, because like obviously everything's way bigger. So you have to, you know, and then you've got to buy like big old beefy connectors and everything. And then what are the ESC sizings? What do you mean? Like? Are they one twenty amp or? I, I don't know. 60s? I don't hmm. know. That's something you'd have to ask Tony. I was looking um, at some HV ESCs, some twelve S ones, and I, I was spotting some deals on the. Uh, hobby wing is it uh, no sorry fly color hv these are i think these are apc i don't APD. know APD. yeah f yeah. f3 x120 okay the 120 www.powerdrive.net yeah pro shot seems everyone uses those but yeah like you know and i've had to like they are expensive, you know, aren't they? Glue the capacitor to it, and all all manner glue. of things. That... Why glue? Um, 
Well, because it's on a big vibrating, you know, oh, okay. used silicon, silicon glue. So, because like you'd have a they're big, massive capacitors, and they're just flapping around on the blues. Huh? What size cap do you put on? Um, uh, it's ones that came with it. So these must be the were... size of a coke can. <laughs> yeah, um, they're pretty big. Uh, Three hundred and thirty microfarad 50 volt so 330 microfarad that's tiny what you like what it? yeah that's really small capacitor oh that's what it came with for 120 amp 50 volts you know i'm just putting what came with it oh. i know i looked at that and was a bit like hmm you so know, I've, I've seen um, people put like uh, one thousand microfarads on uh, on like five inches, and that's yeah. okay. That's for a four and one, but still, like multiplying it up, you'd expect something a bit chunkier. Maybe they've already yeah. got like an absolute ton of caps on board. I don't know. I don't don't really see. Well, you got you got the line of them. Yes, a a load there. of ceramics, yeah. Yeah, a load of ceramics, but like nothing crazy. I don't know. And then They're I've got these bulletproof anyway. chunky boys special Ooh. ordered in that will go on the, PD, on the PDB. But it's just like, it's, it's, it's just hard not getting a cold solder joint, trying mm. to get everything hot enough. It's like, have, you have might you got a just, big chunky chisel tip on it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I almost feel the need to like solder it together with a blowtorch. Mm. I know that sounds right. insane. Or a gas gas iron, you mean? Something like that, yeah. Are you running like 10 or 12 gauge on there? What's the power? Power cable? Uh, 12. 12. 12. And then the motor wires are 14. So. It's pretty hefty. I've done like 12 gauge on 5 inches though. Again, it's for a, like a 4 in 1. But Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like... You know, it's just I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it clean. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the best for my darling wife because well I done, know Jack. I know when there will be a problem, it will uh, inevitably your I fault. will get I get. You're going to need to put on some weight if you want to put a foot on it and give it a quick test in 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 the room, Jack. Oh mate, I'm, like, I'm put some enough. bricks in your pockets. <laughs> I know, Dom. Where, where, do, oh, man, where, no cable harnesses. I know you probably thought, oh, um, oh I did a silly upgrade, by the way. I have a PineSil V2 that I ordered, and um, apparently it has BLE built in. And I did a <coughs> firmware update, and you can get a little Chrome plugin that gives you a silly rendering of, uh, of the temperature of your soldering iron on your desktop if you were desperate to know such things. That was quite amusing. Yeah, link link me in Discord. That was definitely. a bit of a like that that split S was a bit brown trousery. Then I have to say, like, oh, it's like how long is this thing going to take to rotate over? <laughs> I'm loving the, the zero ground? satellites, you know. Uh, th this is, I mean, look at that. It's like 48 volts. Like, it's madness. How would you not have like a per cell voltage? I mean, can you remember like what the landing voltage is? It's, it's a lot to try and figure out. So what yeah. what is that? That's um <laughs> that's a twelve S, right? It's gotta be, With yeah. That's what Alexander volt. was talking about, I think. Right. Three um, and a half by yeah. Um, Eight hundred euro. Cord. Sunset, so you land wow. at like forty two volt, I guess, thereabouts. Yeah. Man. Jeez. It's a bit of a monster. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Numbskull. I guess they know what they're doing, but I don't know. I don't know how I the feel battery it. milliamp hour counter is hilarious because, like, as soon as you blip the throttle, it's like broop, like twenty milliamps. <laughs> That's interesting. Does everybody use a per cell voltage? I I tend to use max. Oh, that is brown trouser. It's like how is this video so bad? Four to six. Um, I don't that know. Is just I, mean, I would be absolutely pooping myself I, with video I, like that i think 
he's not getting video like that. I think that flickering yeah, is probably I mean, the... something to do with the sync for the DVR. Oh, so you would you wouldn't fly yeah. like that? No, it's not with an eight hundred euro quad. No, <laughs> match pairs they work better. Oof. Doesn't that's scary? Yeah. Hang on. Um, these were China Lab hobbies, one twenty C mini star batteries. All up weight of the quad with lipos is uh one. Uh, sixteen hundred point one, yeah, one gram. Yeah, Kiss Ultra V two, um, TO six with experimental on for the the TBA. I wonder what the motors are. So he's got two eighteen hundred capacity low. Packs. Sorry, this is hilarious. Two six S eighteen hundreds, but what what are the motors on there? I don't know. They look beefy, don't they? They look chunky, but I mean, he's only got. Hobby. He's only got like 1800 mAh battery pack which you'd have thought like is not going to get a big motor going because Tony was running like 4 amp hours or more I love the way he's just like screaming past his car like <laughs> let's take this out and maiden it and just like belt Mate, past my could, car that rig could probably lift that car having well, enough duct tape it's going to be interesting having someone like come out to a farm and drive has to uh, trailer it back <laughs> and he's got like no windshield or roof left on his car. <laughs> I know. I know. That is that is ballsy. So I think someone needs to do the milliamp hour calculator. Does he does he do the statistics? Yes, there you go. Hey. 152 amps, that's pretty conservative for something that chunky. I know. A higher voltage is interesting, like the signal yeah, strength 12s consumption. So it's like pulling sort of three times as much power as you get from a five inch, it's pulling 50% more amps and double the voltage. So it's like three times the amount of power you get out of a performance five inch. So, my, my question to you guys, if you didn't hear it, is do it's you use hobby. on your OSD a Purcell voltage or do you use the whole voltage and work it out for yourself? Always Purcell. Uh, I do the whole. Yeah, I do. I do. You, I just remember what it uh, is for six S, four S, three S, and two S. What about five S? I don't fly five S. That's for losers. And eight yeah. S. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If you're flying mainly six S and four S, it's okay. But if you've got to figure out five S and eight S, it's just if, if you're switching around, I put can, the average I can see on. why the Purcell voltage would be more useful. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you spend all that time, like, when you're trying to dodge stuff and you're doing maths in your head, like, wait a minute, no, I'm flying 8S this time instead of 6S. Okay, so that means, uh, oh, I need to buy more batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to I try to have the, the, the least cluttered OSD when I'm flying. Like, I don't you don't even the use the amps, voltage to get rid of that. Which is quite, um, you know, you don't, you, uh, do you? I don't. I can't remember. No, I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I use voltage amps, um, RSSI. Uh, I know you don't fly with anyone it, else because yeah, you don't. You, you refuse to use call sign. I have to have that. Well, uh, that just takes up space on the on the OS. I, I I used to have it. I used to rock a call sign, but then I was like, hmm. I'm flying in questionable yeah, places. True. Should I be broadcasting my name? Instead of the call sign, I put the name of the quad on so I can remember what quad I'm flying. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah. just like the name of the frame. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah maybe true. that's, that's what I should do. One, what, that, um, the thing is, though, that beat fly quad that I've got, I've named it after my old boss, Fabby. Because of radio sluts. Yeah, Jack, if, you, if, for, if you're going to do call signs for all your drums, it's going to be like... <laughs> yeah, I know, like Apex. Kiss one, kiss two, kiss three, kiss four, kiss five, oh, kiss six, bad. kiss seven. Kiss Apex, like, kiss Apex, kiss Apex, and kiss Apex. Like, Ultra. No, it's going to be kiss Apex V2, kiss Apex Ultra V2, kiss Apex Ultra V1. Well, the V1, V1 will have a 4S. Like, kiss Apex, yeah. run over with chair, kiss Apex, slightly set fire yeah, to that, kiss Yeah, that one... Yeah, I know. 
That is horrendous. That thing's still on my desk somewhere. Oh. I don't know where, but it, it is. It's OSDs here. Um, yeah, there we go. The Runover. There you go. There's the Runover Kiss V2 board that got run over by a desk chair. Yeah. The original V2, you right? You can tell. Because, like, yeah, the, OG the connectors are different colors. Oh, yeah from being heated, uh, reflowed. This is this this one's also mm -hmm. had a new gyro as well, MP6000, because uh, that's the one that Andy RC crashed into, and then it would spin your to death. So, uh, yeah. That was the one up in the... Yeah. The, the, I should have just used... Like, that place. took me ages to diagnose. Yeah. It wasn't until I looked at, like, the data output. I was like, oh, that's why. Oh, the gyro's gone. It's like, oh, God. I should have <laughs> just looked. It, it, everyone's... Well, I, I saw that, what, T-Motor put out, like, a, a flight controller that's like, MPU 6000, yes, everything MPU 6000. But MPU-6000 is kind of like a dying breed, is it not? MPU-6000, yeah, they've just stopped, they've stopped making them. So it's been replaced, and there was this kind of attempt to move on to replacement parts, and we talked about this briefly with, um, with Alexander, right, where he looked one. at some in industrial gyros. And, and people were going and looking at the documentation and saying, well, this should be perfect. This says it does everything we need. And then they get the parts and implement them and find out, oh, it's just garbage. And <laughs> so that, that carried on for quite a while. Yeah. MPU 6000 is still the reliable uh, choice. If you yeah, what one was in the, oh, God, what was it? The Lux, the Lumineer Lux? Oh, my God. That was just... Whatever, whatever that board was, right? Was, was there a twenty six oh five? There was like an MPU sixty fifty as well, wasn't there? Came after after the six thousand. I, I I can't remember all the differences. All I know is that the modern stuff it tends to be using either the BMI two seventy or the new ICM four two six eight eight P, and they are mostly okay. But if you can get the MPU six thousand, and if you want to run Beta Flight three point five for whatever insane reason then you really need an mpu 6000 board oh man i'm just looking for the 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 lux board sorry i've been properly distracted no they've only got the v2 lux damn it i missed that after Finished a couple of years of global chip shortage all the old stock has cleared out just it shuddered like crazy. It was just like yeah. it was so bad. That's what I was seeing with uh, Beta Flight like three five. It, there was a lot of wibbly wobbliness going up to I think four five. Wibble wobbles are gone. So I don't think I'm going to be downgrading anytime. Found it on everything. Everything stays on. Uh... Get FPV, uh, hardware, high-speed SPI, 8K gyro. Um, but the F3 is only a 72 megahertz chip, so it's going to struggle to do all the filtering and stuff if you turn on everything. Yeah. 72 megahertz. Look at that. Old school. Old school. Had a flash with beta flight. Hilarious. God, I feel old. Uh yeah. Curry, have you did you do anything before you left? Have you did you uh like walk snail? Did you no, do anything um, or you literally took off? when we had the call last week, I was leaving to the next morning and I'm going back tomorrow morning. So no, it was it was left untouched, unfortunately. So I've got I've got a few things to do before I get to that still. Um, one giant robot kit, the open HD stuff. Hopefully, there seemed to be reasonable weather, maybe Monday, Tuesday, unless it's already changed, uh, to get that sorted before I start on Walk Snail in anger. 
which is perhaps the wrong way to start. I'll start angry, and then I'll, I'll get on with that. That's how I always but do. I am looking uh, forward to it. I'm, I'm so looking forward to something so different and completely new that I have to learn stuff because I just thought, oh, I have absolutely no idea how to do the OSD on this thing. What's going to happen? How exciting. Not knowing stuff. I don't think you'll go back to the whole, um, like, the whole, uh, you know, the analog. I think that will be it. And you'll I be don't gone. Have too much choice because I've got so many models and it's all on analog. And there's a real mix of like, I've got loads of stuff still on FreeSky that I can't be bothered to move over because I'm only flying them like a couple of fields away and they're fine for what they do. It's only when I get new stuff, it's like, well, I'll put ELRS in this and I'll put, you know, whatever I'm using at the time in this. But I still, yeah. I'm still thinking like, um, I'm still thinking about what my two VTXs are going to go in at this point because I want to put one in a plane and one in a quad. Um, and then mess around with them and see how it all goes together. Be interesting to see what it compares like to uh, Open HD with some of the longer wing journeys. Mm. I mean, so far Open HD hasn't been great in getting. The thing I can't get from it so far is this nice signal that's going to stay there. I've, I've always had the breakup, so that's why I went the whole thing about buying these special antennas that work on like fifty one hundred. So this is like, if this doesn't work now, I'm going to, toys could get thrown out the pram. Let's put it that way, because I, I thought it'd be a bit. Right. When's the next flight? Have you scheduled in a date and saying, I'm going to get it in the air, well, going to make said, or break? Hopefully, Monday, Tuesday of next week, when I looked a couple of days ago, looked okay, but it could completely change by then. So it wasn't raining, and the wind was only about like 10 to 15 miles an hour, which is, which is fine for wings. And I just need to get the... I, I couldn't get telemetry talking to myself from the quad with the suicide camera, which I need to do before I try that. And then that's those two are good to go then. And then we've kind of got that out of the way, ready for the next chapter. Stephen, uh, I think this is one for you. Uh, Digby Alan asks, does anyone Not run beta flight in chat? I'm staying away from chat GPT. Just, yeah, it seems I like tried. mistakes waiting to happen. Like that, everyone is obsessed with using AI in in my work and stuff like this. It's um, it's kind of a, a a large pattern matcher. It's like it hoovers up all of the search results and, and vomits them back out in a single page and tries to stitch them together so that they're a single coherent piece of work. And at first pass, I think it's getting to the point where if if you're not an expert in the subject, you probably think, oh yeah, like that, that that's that checks out. But if you look at some of the code it writes, it's I had a quick for the very simple stuff, it can find an example and literally shovel you the entire code. I I, I had a quick test for the code writing stuff. And I said, write me a uh, I think I, I, I said, write me a fire effect in Python. Mm. Uh, and it didn't compile. Okay. And I said, it doesn't work. And yeah, they redid exactly. it and it didn't compile. And I was like, I don't think I can be asked to mm. to fix it. So I I tried it to get something more simple. And it froze. So, so far, right. it's, this is the thing. Everybody's like, chat GTP will completely put people out of work. It's yeah. like, it can't create stuff. It just goes and no. searches stuff and gives you all the results and yeah. pretends it's its code. Rubbish. It's stuff. literally t finding something in a forum or a, a stack overflow post somewhere. And then it's like, yeah, that must be the answer. And that's not a great sanity check, really. If you bet your entire application on a collection of, Stack Overflow posts that you stitch together, and that doesn't work. That's not how it works. The trouble is, it's convincing if someone doesn't know about the the kind of expert realm that you're talking about. If someone's not a coder, or if they're not an expert in what they've asked Chat GPT, it seems to have produced something. So you'd assume, oh, it produced something. Therefore, progress has been made. But all it's really done is taken a load of search results and puked them onto a single page for you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been asked so far. Um, Frank asks, uh, do anyone know of any good events this year? Um, uh, w and W and Western are any good smaller ones that aren't just races and, uh, 
Wood Springs, FPV Drone Fest is in August, Caroline says. Um, so I don't know if anyone else can uh, pipe in. Oh, make me laugh. I've used it to write extensive code and data sheet infos to set registers. Isn't what exactly what you say. Some success. So, uh, what what uh, what's Bardwell been looking at? Let's have a look. Oh, the yeah, this this is pretty interesting. I don't know whether we probably haven't got time to cover it, but the this is the red cat. Oh, the yeah. the XDR. Did you guys see this? DI kit. Yeah, the like GoPros mounted to the top plate mm. and then fed through with a cable. It's a naked GoPro, right? Yeah. The so a three-inch quad. Three-inch quad, and I think he had it with, um, it's got like 1404 motors, the T-motor. Oh, no, those are T-motor 1106s, aren't they? So kind of a weird choice of motor. Um, that I don't think T-motor sell those anymore, right? The little orange guys. Anyway, I'm not too sure. So they they show it here with the GPS, but I think Bardwell was throwing it around without the GPS, and it's got a naked Vista in there, but also the GoPro. And I did fly one of these, like a similar frame design to that, called a, I think it was a B Hover X Roll, which is like a three inch frame about that size, and I was flying it on fourteen oh four. And it, it does an okay job. I was flying it just with a Vista, but not a naked Vista. So it probably had about the same weight as they've got up there because they've decased the Vista and decased the GoPro as well. It, it flies okay. If you're doing kind of small space stuff, it's going to run out of top end though. If you go into a bigger space, it's going to, you know, you're, you're going to hit like the max speed pretty quick, pretty quickly. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that next week. Um, mm. So, guys, massive shout out. Thank you for those topics. Please post them. We're trying to use the Discord more. So, um, we will, if you if you can, there's, um, there's news and topics. Everyone's very welcome to post in there. And maybe we can, like, give away some stickers and stuff for people that continuously like give us topics and stuff so if you can post everything in there that would be amazing um and yeah we'll uh yeah we'll try and incentivize that somehow between us but uh unfortunately that's all we got time for um you've been listening to let's Train out uh the show is uh, supported by our lovely people over in Patreon who let us ed- get the show edited, hosting everything that we ch- chat on here. Massive shout out to you guys. You're all scrolling past the bottom. And if you're listening to this on audio, you guys are all. Uh, you've been joined by everyone's favorite Stephen, everyone's favorite Kit Kat Curry kitten. Bye bye. And I will remind myself to bite out the middle of the Kit Kat I've been writing till I fly. Uh, thank you, guys. Good night. Like, comment, subscribe, and share. Telemetry lost.